Hello, hello, Heather Jean here. I am so excited for this episode of this week's podcast. I am talking to Jackie Bird, who is a dance teacher, a choreographer, has so much to share in that field, and is also all about spiritual wellness and about finding your balance and really getting into your flow and, and really finding that balance to be grounded. So I am so proud to welcome to the show the amazing Jackie Bird. Thank you, Jackie, for joining us. Pick up where you left off somewhere else. It's just, yeah. you just keep going. And, uh, you, you know, do. I mean, what, what we've talked to each other, what, for 10 minutes maybe at this point? Yeah. It's easy to kind of pontificate and get, you know, very serious, your higher self and your mindset and your this and that and the other. But it ultimately comes down to what resonates with you and how joyful can it be? You know, if it's if it's drudgery and you have to think really hard about it, you're not going to want to do it. And yeah. it, it has to be where you want to do it, where you recognize it's important and it's va it's a value. But you don't have to take yourself so seriously. That's part of the messaging. Exactly. Exactly. What point did you, so you said like you were born like this, you know, like yeah. full of laughter. What point did you realize that lesson in life? Oh boy. I, well, you know what? I've had to have it kind of reminded to me over time because when you talked about taking things so seriously, I did go through a period, a long period in my life where it was very serious, especially when I was performing, you know, it was high stakes it was, you know, either if you don't get this job, you don't work, you might not eat. So it, it was like I'd lost my sense of play. And, um, it, it, you know, it's so when those things were happening, I was like falling into deep depressions. And it was only when I was beginning to emerge from those times where it was like, hey, you forgot who you were. You laugh at everything, you know, you, you bounce through life. Even when it hurts, you forgot. So I've had, I've had moments where I've forgotten and I've had to reconnect to that sense of that wellspring that's within that gets covered up because of all the noise going yeah. on. Yeah. So do you find that that has happened to you more? Because you you kind you when you have lots of lanes, right? You've got yeah. your your stage life, and your you know your choreography and your your teaching and 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 dance, and then you've also got your wellness and empowerment and you know and and balance. And wh where do you find that that's come up most for you in your life, where you've forgotten the play? Hmm, that's a good question. Because I think I've had a few major points where I forgot. Mm -hmm. And it didn't matter necessarily what it was that I was doing, you know, whether I was engaged in the performing arts, whether I was just a kid growing up in an abusive home, whether um, I was transitioning out of one career into the next. There, there's, it's, it really didn't have to do with what I was doing at the time. Right. It was more of, of forgetting, uh, or, or, or <laughs> it's funny how everything is connected because, um, today I did a, a live on uh, Instagram about the runes, the, the Viking runes and the rune that I drew was about patience <laughs> and, um, the, and how we forget. So when the, in those times where I forgot, you know, where I was like, okay, this is, is taking too long. This thing that I'm trying to do is taking too long. Uh -huh. That's when, that's when this, the real seriousness would set in and I would forget. Oh, interesting. So, so, I mean, that's, that's very energetically telling. So my light just fell over. I just, yeah, I heard that. So we're perfectly imperfect here. It's fine. I'm not even going to pause this video because it Stuff just happens. happens. I mean, that's life, right? Yeah. I think that's the thing is, is, you know, energetically when lots of things, you know, kind of suck our energy, then it, it it's not only about fun. It's, it's also about what happens instead of fun. 
right like, like impatience like yes. you yes. know fear fear or yeah absolutely yeah and so and so it's not even just that oh i'm not being playful right now it's it's what is going on in its place and what you're paying attention to because yeah. that's in the times that i forget cuz i say forget because you know i'm sure there'll be some other times that i forget um but it's not I think at this point in my life, I, 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 it's not so much about the forgetting, but the coming out of that forgetting and learning what just took place. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it, and it's kind of like what I'm starting to realize is that it's it's not just about the having downtimes because everybody's going to have that downtime everybody's going to have fear everybody's going to you know experience all of the different stages and more than what we're talking about but it's yeah. how long you stay down and what you do with those lessons when you start to move back up right that because you know there's this thing that's going around it's okay to be not okay and um what what kind of bothers me a little bit about that is there's more to that sentence in my mind. It's mm -hmm. okay to not be okay, but don't stay there. <laughs> you know, it's like, yes, you must acknowledge when you are feeling down, when you are angry, when you are hurt, you must acknowledge that because otherwise you're, den you're in denial. And the longer yeah. you're in denial, the longer you keep that. Uh, I always think of, um, the imagery for me is is uh, Pigpen with the with the uh, with his blanket and the dust and the smog that's oh, around him. Charlie Brown. I always have that imagery. It's like that stuff stays around you as long as you deny that it's mm. there. But once you do acknowledge and claim this is where I am, the, I, like I said, you don't stay there. It's like yes, I, this is what I am hurt. Okay. Why am I hurt? Because sometimes we don't know. You know, I'm angry. Why am I? I don't know why I'm angry, but I'm mad. Well, why? What was a what was it about that situation that put you put you there or that you went there? And then sometimes when you go, well, why was I? Then sometimes you may go, eh, maybe it wasn't that deep. And sometimes it may be that deep. But when you actually begin to ask questions like that, you get more to the heart of the situation yourself because you understand, oh, you know, maybe I don't have as much patience as I thought. Or maybe this person does trip my switch a little faster than somebody else. Why is that? Mm. And, and, and that's how you get to sometimes solve what it is for yourself. Maybe you don't respond in the same way the next time. Um, you know, or maybe you do, but when you do it knowingly, <laughs> yeah, you know, because it's, it's like when you look back, when I look back on the periods where I forgot to play, to be joyful, to laugh, because I took things so seriously. When I look back at those times, I go, ah, yeah, I understand. I see what was going on. And I see that I allowed my doubt and my fears to get the best of me. Yeah. In all of those instances, I can say that. Yeah. And I think, I think that that whole, it's okay not to be okay. There is more to that sentence. Um, the one that I struggle with a little bit is the fake it till you make it. Um, that whole <laughs> toxic positivity thing mm -hmm. blows my mind because I lived that for decades and I can tell you now it does not work long term. No, it doesn't. Sometime. It you know and it's funny because that was kind of when I was when I lived the showbiz life, that was kind of the the attitude. You know, fake it till you make it. Um, you know, if you're asked can you do something by an agent or a casting director, you say, yes, you can. And then you scramble <laughs> to be able to master it for a shoot the next day. And yeah, I mean, that was definitely um, a lot of the thought process. And, um, you know, I think if it works for you, 
But I also agree with you in terms of the long term because it takes a toll. If you are always scrambling to make something true that really isn't, but you told somebody it was so that you could get something, over time that takes a toll on you because A, you're losing sleep, B, you're stressed out to the nines, um, and C, you're not really living your truth. And so, as you said, in the long term, can't do it. So what happens when, because I know you talk a lot about balance and empowerment. Can you have empowerment if you're faking it? That's a good question. I think that if you are aware of what you're doing and you make a conscious decision that this is, I'm going to do this. I'm going to fake it until I make it. And you do it, like I said, with intention and awareness, there's a sense, a sense of empowerment, but it all comes down to, for me, empowerment is, are you living your truth? To me, though, yeah, to me, that's what empowerment is. Are you living your truth? Because if you are in the wellness field and you are assisting people in their healing, if you come from a place of marketing and you're marketing because it's a big industry and there's a lot of money to be made, mm, If you're in it (laughs) because you have some value to bring to other people's lives and you have experiences that you have actually lived that you can say, yeah, man, I know what it is to be depressed. I know what it is to be suicidal. I know what it is to be abused. I know what it is to have no money. When you (laughs) can say that from a place of authenticity or the opposite, I don't know what that feels like. I've never experienced that before, but I can imagine or I can empathize or I have compassion for you. That's when you're talking from your truth. And that's when it is really about being empowered and empowering others. Yeah, I got really, really good at faking it. Like, I mean, really good at faking it. Wow. So much so that uh, I didn't, even access that voice myself so people would say oh you have to come with us it'd be so much fun if you're there so i always had to be switched on i always had to be that high life i always had to be that because in my corporate world i was running big conferences i had to be switched on all the time from breakfast with delegates through to dinner with delegates through to you know being in the bar afterwards the whole time accessible you know 18 hours a day sometimes for several days in a row i got very good at that oh this is so easy it's oh this is just what i'm like i had myself wow. fully convinced until i went to cabaret and then i realized uh oh this is not like the i I don't recognize this person in the mirror. I don't want to move like this person. The mirror is, I don't know what to do with this. And that's when it all came out. And that's when it Mm -hmm. hit me that that I've lost touch with it. Yeah. But I got really good at, at faking it. Yeah. But as you said, in the long term, you couldn't sustain that. No, no, it, it has to come out at some point and it, it absolutely will. I mean, for me, it was life circumstances that ended a lot of things as life as I knew it. And, and then mm-hmm. COVID, uh, but, right. you know, but, but, it, but at some point it will come out. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And it's if it's not physical, perfect mom, you know, with right. the perfect children and, and the, everything is just perfect. And then the children are going to grow up. Right. That's you're, right. You're going to face your truth at some point. That's right. And then you're, and I mean, you know, the thing that what we're talking about, it's not the end of the world, folks. Mm. You know, don't think like what we're talking about. If that's what you're doing right now, it's the end of the world. It's not. It's part of your journey. You know, the faking it till you make it. All of that is part of the journey, is part of the story. And it's part of what you can share with people because you did it. And you know that ultimately it didn't make you happy. <laughs> yeah. But I love what you're saying about that because it's so true. Because 
you know, part of when, when you have periods where you're, you know, you're feeling low energy or whatever, you can tap into that, that voice in your head that goes, no, you can do this. Yes. You know, when you're feeling afraid of something and you're about to step out onto a stage, you have to have that other voice in you that goes, yeah, you're doing this. Yes, absolutely. And I got that voice from that period of time that, you know, I was faking it till I made it. If I, I tell you, there's nothing like being in front of people, go, you know, no video, <laughs> no cut, do it again, you know, take three, there's nothing like that. You know, like when your light fell, it just reminded me of when I was performing and stuff would happen where somebody would fall or a costume would fall off or a set piece would do something weird or um, somebody would forget their lines. It's like, you got to you got to keep that ball up in the air. You know? yeah, you yeah, you do. And that happened to me two weeks ago. Actually, two weeks ago today, that happened to me. And I could not get my corset off. And I was in the middle of a burlesque routine. I mean, I did in the end. But there was a moment of I, probably not very many seconds. But for me, it was a very long time on stage going, this, this is knotted. I have no idea how I'm going to get this off. Cool. But I did it. And I carried on. Okay, I have to share in, a, in an Academy Awards oh crap moment. Okay, okay, I'm excited. It's, well, first of all, I was the queen of costume malfunction. I was the queen of if I have it on, it's coming off somewhere at some point, it doesn't matter. Hmm. So I have quite a few stories of losing parts of my costume. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but um I had done I had I had um done the Academy Awards. I was a dancer on the Academy Awards. This was quite some time ago. And uh there were 50, it was 50 dancers. And uh it's funny, I'm kind of sidestepping a little bit. There were I think 15, 15 guys. And I had never seen so many tall men in a room at the same time. The tallest was 6'5". And they were like 6'5", six, 6'4", six, you know, 6'3", six, 6'3", three, six, three, six, three. It was like this, this line of guys, 15, all, they were all 6'2 and up. Anyway, that's a side story. But anyway, so we, there was a, um, <laughs> a taping, a filmed element of our presentation which was also crazy, but then we went live. So earlier that day, we did the on-camera block. And then, you know, it's, it's exciting. I had never done the Academy Awards before. Um, you know, it was like, like on speed, everything was like uber, uber fast. So we do the camera block for that, for that night and everything goes smoothly. You know, everything goes smoothly. We get to the show <laughs> and, um, we're dancing and it's a whole big thing, the whole production and the orchestra's playing and all this stuff is going on. And we go through this, we do this movement. It gets to like this really big high powered section. And we go, I go over and I hear rip and I feel air. And I had lost enough costumes in my life at the, up to that point, knowing that when I felt air, it was not a good thing. So what happened was my skirt, we had these wrap skirts and it was Velcroed and the Velcro came a loose. So, we, <laughs> so before that we had like these little um, midriff jackets and the jacket had been holding the skirt in place. But we were now coming to the section where I would be moving downstage or closer to the audience and we would be doing all this armography. So I knew I was going to lose my skirt in front of Jane Fonda, who was sitting off to my right. And, um, you know, Jack Nicholson was sitting in the first row and, it, you know, I just envisioned them saying, hmm, kiddo's losing her outfit. Let's see what's going to work. How's this going to show out? How's this going to go? What's going to happen? And so I, all of this is going through my mind. And like you said, it feels like it's eons that this is happening to you. And it's really in a matter of moments. It's, it, it's in a matter of moments. So we're dancing and the skirt is unraveling. And, um, <laughs> and, and oh, to, to make it worse, this wasn't like a hip hop number. This was 
like an elegant 30s and 40s, you know, Busby Berkeley kind of big production kind of number, and I'm losing my skirt. And we're we're moving, I'm moving to toward the audience. And in that moment, I decide I'm gonna just take the skirt off because I was afraid I or someone would slip on it. Mainly me. So I so I took it off. And I'm in my mind, I'm going. I'm going to get fired. I'm not even going to get to finish. They're going to fire me as soon as I go backstage. They're looking at me going, that poor girl, she must be mortified. All these thoughts are going through my mind. And, um, you know, I, I drop the skirt down and I keep moving and I'm moving like nothing happened. Nothing happened. This happens all the time. This was part of the number. I am just the goddess. And that's what, that's how I performed it because I, the alternative was going to really suck. So, um, you know, and then I got to, we got to the end and the end was this big pose. <sighs> so as I'm in the posed position with no skirt, <laughs> I'm going, now I got to pick it up. Now I'm going to have to pick up the skirt because we have to exit and I have to pick up the skirt. Oh, boy. Ah, more you know what I'm thinking? This is being shown to millions of people around the world, and I'm gonna have to pick up my skirt. And as I as we begin to back up, I see out of the corner of my eye, Penny Fricaney, wherever you are in the universe, I am thanking you all these years later. Thank you so much. <laughs> I saw out of the corner of my eye that she dipped down very beautifully and picked up the skirt. And save me the mortification <laughs> pick that skirt up. Not only did I lose my skirt, ladies and gentlemen, I'm gonna have to pick it up too and go bye-bye. Uh, <laughs> what a blessing. What a blessing. She picked it up. And when I got backstage, you know, again, my mind is going, You're getting fired. You're not gonna get to finish doing the show. You're gonna be booted off. And the um the co-choreographer, who was a very kind of no-nonsense, well, I shouldn't say kind of, she was a no-nonsense kind of person. Talk about taking things very seriously. She was that gal. And she, I went over to her to apologize. She was laughing so hard. I couldn't even, I realized it didn't make sense to even talk to her. She couldn't stop laughing. Oh, what a blessing. That I had never... I had never seen her laugh. I had worked with her before. I'd never seen her laugh like that before or since. Now that I think about it, she was hysterical. Tears were rolling down her face. She just, she couldn't, she just couldn't. And, and this is a lesson in terms of how bad we think things are and they're not as bad as we think they are. When, okay, so I didn't get fired. I got to finish the night. <laughs> I got to stand next to Cher. And um, we, uh, the, the cast went over to uh, Lorraine, Lorraine Fields' house to watch it on VHS. Oh, yeah. And so, first of all, nobody knew that I had lost my skirt, first of all, that were, uh, were on the stage, except for Penny Ficaney, who picked up my skirt. Nobody saw it. And because uh, I was going, oh my God, I lost the skirt. It was all bad, 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 bad. And then when I actually saw it, it was flipping fierce. I it looked like I it looked like I had woven taking this skirt off into the choreography. It was so smooth. I couldn't believe it. So it's a lesson in the self-doubt talk that we do and not trusting that you really know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and you know, people are not paying as much attention to us as we think they are. You know, the, the self-criticism is so much worse than anybody else. I mean, and the other thing is nobody else knows that you weren't gonna do that or that, you know, or the, it wasn't planned a different way entirely. You know, they don't know that. That's the same with all these people who are 
you know, aspiring to do podcasts or, mm. or Facebook lives or, you know, we were talking about reels earlier, which I'm just not doing uh, <laughs> on Instagram because I don't want to. Because you don't um, want to. I don't want to. And so to. Uh, Jackie says I don't have to. So. You don't have to. <laughs> Until <laughs> you want to. Yeah, absolutely. But I think it's that whole kind of thing. We just really think that people are paying way more attention to us than we, than we, than they actually are. Yeah. You and know, if they are, so what? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that, that was my, that was my whole imposter syndrome screaming a couple of weeks ago with the mm. whole, should I really be doing cabaret? My, you know, I've, I've, I'm two dress sizes bigger. I'm nowhere near as strong or as fit. Um, you know, what, maybe I should wait till I go back to my pre COVID body and that, that'll take a couple of years and all of that stuff. And actually even the people that knew me before didn't think anything. They weren't sitting there going, Oh, wow. Yeah. She's really lost a lot of her toe. You know, nobody's thinking that at all. They're just enjoying the moment. Exactly. Yeah, and, and our voice. And that's the, the key enjoying the moment, you know, and, and if, you're the only one enjoying the moment. Say la vie. Yeah. You know, it's it's really important to become your own cheerleader and to claim your happiness. I'm just I'm just breathing that in for a minute. I love that. <laughs> I love that. So how did you go from a whole dance and stage? life and world and adventures into your, into your current role, into your current business? Mm. The short answer is following my bliss. That's the short answer. That just kind of came to me. That's the direct answer. Of course, it took time. It took a lot of time. It took, um, about a decade. Ooh, no. It took almost two decades, actually. Because in that period, when I left the industry, it was not a decision in terms of I'm leaving. I had hit a wall. I had hit another wall. And I was at a point of very, of very deep frustration, very deep depression. Um, one day I ended up, uh, I was coming from, it was either an audition or an agent's office. And at this point I had done, I had been on Broadway three times at this point. I had done a couple of films. I had done a lot of stuff and I was still almost starting from scratch. It always felt like I was um, just trying to figure out a way. And by that point, the industry was changing. Now, when things are changing, you're so caught up in the changes, you don't realize that that's what's happening sometimes. And so I was in that period of time, I was trying to basically fit into a shape that I didn't fit into. My body was changing. I was getting older. Um, my voice, because I, by that point I had transitioned into being a singer and um, my voice was not the sound for that period. You know, a lot of stuff was coming out of the UK, um, a lot of stuff, Andrew Lloyd Webber, everything written in the key of scream. And um, I don't have that type of voice. <laughs> you know, I just, I just yeah. don't roll like that. And I tried, I was going to voice lessons. I was getting these songs. I was working with coaches, trying to scream up there. And it just was not working. So I ended up being frustrated. And I one day I was, like I said, I was coming from either an audition or an agent's office. And I was on the train and the tears started to come down my face. And more tears came down my face. And I just started, I just was crying. And I, I was crying on the train. I live about 10 minutes from the train. I cried all the way down from the train home, got in the house. My then partner <laughs> looked at me, stood looking at him, cried, went in the bathroom and sobbed. And at that point, since that wasn't the first time I felt like that in my life, 
I went, okay, bird, you're going to have to make some changes because <laughs> you felt like this before and you know what happened. You almost took your life. So pay attention, honey, <laughs> pay attention. And I just, just, I think the most conscious decision I made was I was going to take teaching work, teaching and choreographic work. You know, in the performing, I don't know what it's like now because I've been out of the industry for a long time, but there were seasons. So at that time, if you were doing other, you know, outside work or survival work, as they called it, you didn't want to take survival work that would flow into the audition period. I made a decision. If the job came up, I was taking it. If it was a teaching gig, I was taking it. Even though that wasn't my passion, I had been teaching for so many years at that point. I just was like, you know, I'm going to take it. And what started to happen was more teaching work came in. And then one day a year went by and I didn't realize a year had gone by. I went to a show. I went to see uh, somebody had get, got me some tickets to see a show on Broadway. And they were really nervous that I would be upset because I wasn't up there on the stage and didn't phase me in the least. And that was kind of like a moment where I realized excuse me, that this was, this didn't define me. That was the biggest thing. When you do something for a long period of time, you are defined by that and you identify as that. And so this was the beginning of a journey of realizing that what I do doesn't define me. It took a while for me to get to that point, but it was the beginning of, of of going, oh, I don't miss this thing that I was dying to do. And, and, but then it, op answered, it opened up a set of questions. Then who am I without it? And what do I do? What, what am I passionate about? I can't just have one passion. So that was a period of time. And in that time I was teaching and then I started traveling a lot. I was getting hired to teach in India and Japan and Hong Kong and Kuala Lumpur and Colombia and uh, Dominican Republic, I was just traveling the world teaching and choreographing. And I did that for about eight years, almost 10 years. And in that time, I was also still asking that question, okay, what's the passion? What What's the passion? I'm enjoying what I'm doing, but that's not the passion. What What is it? And so in that time, I was, when I was home, I had a, a knitting business. I had, um, a greeting card business. I had an e-card business and uh, I had a jewelry business. Wow. <laughs> and, and, and so in that time, I was still trying to figure out what could I do that if 24 hours went by and I was still doing this thing that I wouldn't, it wouldn't matter. That was the question I started to kind of recognize, oh, this is not it. So some of it was just process of elimination. No, that's not it. You know, I began to write again. Um, okay. And then one day I realized what was important was that I was creative and it didn't matter what it was that I did. What was important was that I was creating. And then I'm moving along. And what's funny about transition is it's real scary <laughs> to us folks. Yeah. This transition thing. But what's happening in the transition is you're picking up a bunch of stuff that you have no idea what you're going to use it for or whether you're going to use it. And then one day you go, holy crap, I bought this 16 years ago. And it's an integral part of my business. I bought a singing bowl like 16 years ago when I was in India on an impulse. And that fast forward ended up becoming the cornerstone of what I do now. Wow. It's sound. <laughs> so cool. everything that I have done in my life up until this point is now embedded in what I do now. Yeah. Because it's and made you part of who you are, hasn't it? It's part of my fabric. It's part of my cloth. And where I, what I'm doing now actually was precipitated by another oh crap moment and period of falling apart 
and <laughs> you know, cause that forgetting thing, you're forget and you get scared and you know, you have legal papers coming at you and they're going to sue you for everything you're worth and what you don't have and all of this stuff. And in that, I recognize bird, you're spinning out. Hello, honey, honey, come back. Sweet, ooh, sweetheart, ha, 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 ha. come back. <laughs> you know, it was kind of like, you know better, I'm here. And then it became, okay, I'm here when you, when you turn your attention this way. You know, that's the inner self-talking yeah. saying, I'm here. Yeah. You may not be able to hear me, but I'm here. Yeah. And so through that crisis, the remembering was coming back. Uh, remember what you read that Eckhart Tolle said. Remember what you read that Seth said. Remember what you read that you, when you read all those self-help books. Remember? And the bowl, that one bowl, was what I went to to help me calm because I couldn't make any decisions in the state that I was in. And also during that time, and I've had skin, never had any issues. I started to develop problems with my skin. I had eczema, I had uh, boils on my neck, my chest, my legs, my stomach, um, my face. I mean, my skin just exploded. And I knew I had to get a handle on those runaway thoughts and fears and doubts. Mm -hmm. And so I picked up that bowl and started playing it and feeling the vibrations. That's why sound is, that's why I do what I do. Mm. The power of sound is transformational. Yeah. And I would play and then I would sing. And over time I would get a better handle on the panic attacks and a better handle on, okay, you spun out, let's, let's pull it back. And so the spin outs became less in terms of time, the amount of time. And at the same time, I began to build this platform. First, not quite knowingly, because it was a, it was a survival, it was a wellness thing for me. But then when I began to see how it helped me gain clarity and gain a footing in the ground and center, that's when I began to realize I wanted to offer it. And I'll tell you something else. Um, again, this goes back about 30 years. I was performing and I went to a, uh, a, a, a we had gone into a bookstore and there was uh, somebody reading palms. And I uh, put my palm out. Oh no, I'm getting my stories confused. I had gotten a, um, a reading, I had gone to a psychic and she said, you could be a healer. You could have a really good career as a healer. And I looked at her like she was crazy. I said, I'm thinking, oh, you must have gotten the ether mixed up and somebody else's waves are like cross circuit in mine and you're reading somebody else out on the street because I want to know if I'm going to get a performing job anytime soon. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to be a healer. <laughs> wow. Even though I had had instances in my life up until that point where I had helped somebody heal. But it was, eh, you know, just kind of, you know, just allowing source to come through. But I wasn't doing it. I was doing it in the need or the desire to help someone. It wasn't like, oh, I can do this kind of thing. So when she said that, I just thought, well, maybe the next life, maybe, maybe I'll come back as a healer. I want another Broadway show. You know, that's what I was yeah. thinking. Yeah. Because you're defining yourself at that point by what you do. Uh, right. Right. Absolutely. And so at what point did this all start to come to you that, oh, it wasn't crossed wires and <laughs> this does have meaning and significance? Yeah, I think that maybe about because I had forgot, I had long forgotten that. And I think um, I had written a piece maybe about six or seven years ago and that memory came back. And then I went, oh, how about that, huh? <laughs> Wherever you are, sister, thank you. 
yeah. for planting that seed and reminding me, you know, it took me a minute, but I got there. Yeah. yeah. So, but, but you know what? I say that and I say that in jest because it doesn't matter how long, what matters is that the present moment, you got it. It does. It, it's it, there's an expression. Uh, the first time I heard it was in Scotland when I moved to the UK, which is if it's for you, it doesn't pass you by. Absolutely. And I, 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 I stick to that, you know, uh, and it's become more and more true as life has gone on where I thought, oh. yeah, I've tried to avoid that or I've ignored that or, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't listen to that little whisper or whatever. And it, <laughs> doesn't pass you by. It doesn't. And what's ironic, and this goes back to your and my connection, you're going to fall off your chair when I tell you this. When I was in showbiz, what I always said when talking to people who were having fits about who was going to be in the room in an audition, I always said, if it's got my name on it, it's mine. <sighs> You see, I saw your comment, just a comment on social media. And I was like, I know you, I need to meet you. Yeah. So we've just picked up from wherever we left off. Exactly. Exactly. Okay. So you are now, you, you, you would describe yourself as uh, someone who is involved in spiritual wellness and right. balance. And so what, what do you do, Jackie? Well, now, one of the things, I mean, even this conversation is part of what I do. Yeah. You know, having this conversation, I, um, I'll tell you what my, some of my tools are, as I told you sound, I have a bunch of, uh, beautiful, uh, polyphonic instruments that I've become drawn to that I use because I believe that sound is a very, very powerful tool and way to help balance and connect us to our inner selves. I use sound. I, um, I'm a big proponent of mindfulness and mindful thinking and being aware of yourself within the space of others and of the universe. So I, I, I am an author. I have audiobooks. Um, I offer private sessions, I offer group sessions, um, you know, guided meditation. I also create music and um, I think I'm leaving out stuff. Oh, I create, <laughs> I'm going this, like five other things you're leaving off here. And I also, my list. <laughs> <laughs> I also create something called modal visions, which are, that they are basically, um, I told you I, I created jewelry. I had a jewelry business for a minute and it morphed into uh, the modal visions where I'm creating wall hangings and the wall hangings comprise of gemstones because that's the other thing I got very heavily into is gemstone use, gemstone, copper, crystals, um, the value that these minerals have to us. So I also use those in terms of working with people. And in these pieces that I create, they have gemstones, copper, and um, you know, either hemp, a linen, or uh, silk in them and then other tchotchkes. And th those pieces are created to imbue your home with good vibes. And they can also be used as meditation pieces. Beautiful. What does meditation give to you? Oh boy. Meditation in, in my view, it is a conversation in silence with your higher self, with your inner guidance. And it puts you on a path to clarity and solutions and grounding yourself. It's, it's a reset. But I'm going to add to that. Meditation in and of itself is not enough. Sitting on a mat or a stool or a cushion for however long you do it is a beginning. You have to take that and apply it into your day when stuff gets challenging. I do believe that meditation gives you the tools for that. But a lot of times we forget and we, we just kind of do the react button as opposed to the observe and not so much observe what the stimulus is, maybe it's a person, 
but observe how you're going to respond before you actually respond. That's what meditation can open up for you. Yeah, there's an awful lot of box ticking now with, you know, oh, I meditated, I did right. an angel pull, I did some journaling, I went for right. a walk, I did, right. you know, I did right. all these things, tick, 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 I drank two liters of water, I did all these things, right. and it's like, but what are you doing right. with it? Right, right. When I was taking, um, I've been practicing yoga for about 20 years now, and um when I started practicing, I started practicing just from learning from Rodney Yee DVD. That was the first introduction to yoga. And I did that for some time. And then one day I ventured out and I uh, found a place that I liked and I was taking classes there. But the thing that I found was that I still felt like an outsider. I didn't feel like I was in, like brought into the community, even though you know I was friendly, I would speak to people. But this kind of A type, type A, like you said, check off the box. I went to yoga class, you know, um, I did my Dharma. Like I would walk into a room and it would be after another class. And I always had my spot, you know, I would, cause I would get there a half hour dance training, you know, warm up a half hour before you take a class. I'd go in and I would um, get my spot. And I would speak to people. I would say hello. And they would look at me like, who are you? And um, when people would roll out their mats next to me, I would always say hello, eh, varying degrees of response. And I found myself over time going, but yoga is off the mat. It's not just you do a bunch of asanas and you sweat and you uh, om and you uh, chant and you, which is uh, almost chanting, but you know, you do all of that stuff and then you get your coffee and you, and you hit the day. It, it's it's like I, I I started feeling like yo people wait there's more to yoga than than just that you know um so that's the thing with meditation and like you said that checklist did that did that did that did that but there's still this unconscious autopilot that takes place yeah 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 it's 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 like anything it's like you could go through. You know, a lot of people with imposter syndrome are going through all kinds of courses and collecting yes. certificates and accolades and, and testimonials and all that. If you're not using it, it's not doing anything. It's just a conversation piece. Yeah. It's just, I went or I did. And you still are searching. And the thing about searching is you don't search by going like this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> matter of fact, in in swing dance, this is a move. Gaze, <laughs> it's called gaze afar, and then you gaze afar. You're looking out there for this thing, and when you are at a crossroads, getting quiet is the best way to ultimately find that thing that you basically already have. <laughs> That's yes. the kicker. That's the kicker about all of it. Yeah, this is not different than your Indian sound bowl. I already had it. That's right. Exactly. You already have it. It's a matter of tuning in. And as we're talking, actually ex using it, <laughs> applying it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Okay. So, what is your favorite lesson in mm. learning your worth? Oh, geez. Favorite lesson. Oh, I don't know if I have a favorite lesson. Because the thing with that is, sometimes you have to reinforce knowing your worth. You know, where you say no in a situation that you would have said yes in. And I just did that um, about two, a, a month and a half ago, as a matter of fact. I said no to something with a group of folks that I had worked with for 16 years, over 16 years. And they offered me something in a manner that I didn't like. And I could have used the money. And I said no. <laughs> <laughs> You knew, you knew what your boundaries were. 
I said, no, because I recognized that that would have, my yes would have set up a precedent for what followed. And I, and I didn't want, I didn't want that anymore. So that was the most recent lesson of valuing my worth. Beautiful. Beautiful. Okay. If you were performing cabaret, uh, and I'm going to say, cause cabaret could be singing, dancing, uh, uh, contortion, burlesque, you know, but something you haven't done before something that you that you uh haven't performed before what prop would you want to take with you to perform <laughs> ah okay skirt <laughs> i know i have to go nude so i don't lose any clothes <laughs> <laughs> what prop wow what prop oh my gosh what speaks to you that you now, right? Not you when you used to be on stage. Right. You no, I understand. Mm. Well, you know, I have to, it's, it's interesting. Um, I can think of a whole lot of things, but the first thing that actually popped into my mind before the cane was um, balls. Oh, and I can't juggle, but that was the first thing that popped into my mind. Interesting. Were, were three balls as if to juggle. Okay. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's, there's a lot of metaphors with that. There's a lot of, Oh, even if you could juggle a lot of things that could go wrong with that, all kinds of stuff that would be interesting lessons. Like the balls went. And I would be laughing throughout the entire thing. I don't know if anybody else would enjoy it, but I would be hysterical. I would <laughs> love to see that i would fully love to see that i would support that i would buy a ticket and be in the front row for that i would be oh god and it brings up a moment too that i was hysterical and nobody else laughed <laughs> can i share very quickly yes i was um one of the other things that i've done is i've taught uh, in a lot of places in the country. I've been in uh, also at some universities as a guest visiting professor. And I was teaching at a university. I won't, I won't call the name, but I was having a horrible time. It was an awful experience. And um, uh, the students hated me and I hated the students. And um, <laughs> then like faculty, I mean, it was just pretty much a wash. And um, it was, I think, my next to last day because they were going to perform this piece that I had choreographed. And I was giving notes. And I was giving notes to the lead girl. And it was the same note I had been giving her from day one because I think I was there for six weeks. So I'm still giving her the same note. <laughs> Which a, a girl that had first done the piece who spoke no English got beautifully. But anyway, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> there's a lesson there yeah, so right so i was i was giving her the same note and i was doing the move and it was in front of the cast which was 11 and that one of the faculty was sitting in the audience observing and i did the move and i fell and not only did i fall i slid across the stage in front of this group of people that did not like me in front of a faculty member who was sitting there in judgment, slid across the stage because the pants I had on were sleek. Just went sliding across stage. And on top of it, I was still in the position that I hit the floor in. <laughs> sliding across the stage. And I stopped in a heap. And there was a moment of silence. And I laughed his hysterically. I love that. I laughed hysterically. I was rolling on the floor. I was laughing so hard. And when I managed to finally get up, none of those kids were laughing. Not one of them. Oh, the faculty wow. member was laughing. She was trying not to laugh, but I saw she was working really hard not to. None of those kids laughed. And in that moment, I was so sad for them. Because I felt like, you know what, if I don't like somebody and they bust their bleep in front of me and slide across the floor and they laugh hysterically, I've gotten a ticket to laugh. 
Yes. Not only that, it's a lesson in laughing at yourself. But you just taught them. It went whoosh. Uh, whoosh right over their heads. And I just, in my mind, said, I wish you well in your endeavors. Because if you didn't learn this lesson, if you learned nothing else from me in the six weeks, and you didn't learn this one, you're going to learn them real hard when you go to New York. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Well, I would fully be, I would fully be there for your, for your, uh, your one woman juggling show. Like I'm fully there. I'm buying a ticket. I, I, <laughs> I will, I will produce that piece. Oh, that's fabulous. We'll um, never get okay. anything done. <laughs> All right. So you're about to come on stage with your, with your juggling balls. <laughs> and what is your stage name today? Oops. <laughs> that was the first thing that came to my mind. Ooh. Um, <laughs> but that right away sets you up for like you don't have to be perfect because you weren't you weren't taking yourself too seriously in the first place. <laughs> Oh, that is that is a great description. That is such a good life lesson. And I love that we've come full circle, right? To back to the beginning of, you know, when we forget to play, what happens? And now you're about to do something absolutely crazy and you're calling yourself out before you even start. I love that. Oh, Jackie Bird, I have loved chatting with you as I knew I would. My face hurts from smiling so much. <laughs> that is that is my wish to the world. That when you finish talking to me, your face smiles so much it hurts. That's oh, so beautiful. Thank you so much for joining us today. It is such an honor to have chatted with you and, and to know you. I just I'm I'm so happy to know you. It's just you're you're a, a beacon of light and I I I'm so happy to know you. I am happy to know you and I'm very grateful that we have A, connected and thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. It is such a pleasure. So Jackie Bird can be found at JackieBirdSpiritualWellness.com. So, so people go to your website and that's how we can find out all, all about your- Everything. Work, how to work with you. Yes. So have you got stuff coming up or where are you at right now? Well, you know, I always have something cooking. I have a end of the month guided meditation that takes place on the last Sunday of every month. It's um, noon Eastern daylight time. That's always ongoing. I'm going to, uh, I think I'm going to start a midday med meditation also offer that. That would be noon my time. I always have my audiobooks, I have my ebooks, I have my music. That's a constant. That's on the website. I'm always creating. I'm always uh, posting to my YouTube channel. I do a mindfulness moment and a mindlessness moment video. So those are on my YouTube, also on Instagram. I'm pretty active on Instagram. And um, you can find whatever I'm talking about. And I'm also now creating a, a new book, a new ebook. The book that I have out now is called Seven Daily Thoughts and Mantras for Mindfulness, Keys for Personal Growth. And they're created for people. If you don't have a lot of time, there's something in that for you. So that's always constant. And I have, um, you know, workshops that I'm always cooking up and my podcast, Roll with Peace in Mind, that's ongoing. And my blog. So there's always something going on. And I'm getting a new website. I'm so excited. Wow. And it will still be Jackie Bird Spiritual Wellness. Yes, it will still be this. It will this is still the URL. Um, but my new website is coming. I can't oh, wait. Beautiful. <laughs> if you are listening to this on podcast and you cannot see the screen and you're not you're not on YouTube or IGTV, uh, you won't be seeing the JackieBirdSpiritualWellness.com banner on this. So just wanna give you the heads up. That Jackie is J A C Q U I E Bird B I R D Spiritual Wellness S P I R I T U A L Wellness is W E L L N E S S dot com. 
main thing you need to remember is Jackie is with a C and a Q and an I and an E. Yes. Oh, <laughs> uh, Jackie, thank you so much. I, I'm going to go and I, I have actually been to your website, but now I'm realizing I didn't see all those things. So I need to go back and see. Yes. All things. Um, so I, <laughs> so I absolutely will. Um, and I will, we'll close it off there for now. I wish we didn't have to. I mean, I wish that we could just carry on because we have so many stories we could share. So I know fun. we should do a weekly or something. We should do a weekly. Yes. Yes. Just do it and put it up on both YouTube channels or something. Totally love that. Or clubhouse. To be continued, my friend. Okay, let's talk about that afterwards. Yeah. To be continued. I am Heather Jean. I am joined by the amazing, fabulous, gorgeous, oh. entertaining, enlightening Jackie Bird. And I am reminding you that it is your body, it's your world, and it is your stage. So take up space, own it, you deserve it. Bye for now. <laughs>